This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's Morning Bible Study. We are in Genesis chapter 37, and we're dealing with the time where Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, and that is what's going to happen. There is a picture here of that's an important picture that we can't get away from, the being sold into slavery. And by the way, slavery is a picture of being in bondage to sin. It is historically in the church and in every possible way been the idea of being enslaved to sin. Now, in Jewish culture, slavery was, the word slavery is really not what we understand. When a person became a bond slave, what they did was they had a debt that they owed and they would enslave themselves, or really what they would do is they'd take out a loan with someone to pay that debt off, and then they would pay, they would work for that person for a certain number of years, so that debt would be paid. In many ways, it's a lot like our mortgages today, except we don't work for the bank, we work somewhere else and pay the bank. The kind of slavery that we're talking about in this story is what we consider, what we understand to be slavery, meaning you're sold to someone and they own you for the rest of your life. That is a, that those two different types of slavery or two t- different types of understandings are important, but the type of slavery that we're dealing with, especially going into Egypt, is the, that is a it's a slavery that took place in the United States and throughout most of the Western world during the discovery period, during the time period where we were colonizing, Europe was colonizing most of the world. That being said, it is a picture of being being totally under the control and ownership of the world and of sin. And that is exactly that is exactly what happens here. It says in verse 21, we read it yesterday, but Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Now notice Reuben's not wanting to commit murder. Reuben is trying to figure out a way to extricate him. That being said, he is in the middle of his brothers and he is the oldest brother. And as the oldest brother, I understand there is a leadership role that is required here. And he has a he has an important position to play. And even though he is trying to mediate this situation, he's mediating it poorly. And you do under, we do understand and we give him a little grace because we understand that he's operating with a group of people who are not against wholesale murder. And so there are a couple of his brothers, at least, if not many of his brothers, who might be willing to kill him. And remember, they're killing him because he is the favorite. They're killing him out of jealousy. And by the way, the other time they were killing those people because they had they had dishonored their sister and, uh, and dishonored their sister in a very questionable way. It may have been the sister joined in and uh, they just killed them because their honor was their honor was at stake. There's an issue here. There's lots of issues here that caused that to go into happen, going to that caused that to take place really is what's going on. 
And I would say to you that as you study this, a lot of times we get bound up in sin and we get we get bound up in troubles and struggles. And we really can't, it's so layered and it's so difficult. It's hard for us to figure out exactly how we got where we are. And oftentimes we have to do, you have to do a lot of reflecting. And so many people cover up their pain and cover up their troubles so much that they struggle in their reflecting time. They struggle in their being able to just step back and without the pain and the emotion of the past, just consider what has taken place and consider it in the light of God's word. And that is, it, it is a difficult thing and it's not easy. But I think looking at who we are and reflecting on all the things that have happened to us, some of them very tragic, some of them no, through no fault of our own, have caused us to be bound up in sin and bound up in all the terrible things that cause human beings to struggle. And that, that's, that is a normal thing in life. And you need to know that. You need to know that you're not the only one. In fact, you're one of billions. And, and you're not special in that you have deep struggles and deep hurts and maybe even a depth of pain that you've not ever really known was. And sometimes that res reservoir of pain will just pour out of you. And that reservoir of struggle will pour out of you in such a way that you just don't know how to really even deal with it. And I would say to you, that's okay. And not only is it okay, you need to be able to, at some point in time, pull yourself back from all the struggles and all the things that you you uh, want to do to meet those needs. And so many times what we do is we meet those needs with some kind of addiction or we meet those needs with some kind of emotional response or we meet those needs in such a way that it makes us feel good for the moment, maybe maybe with people or our personalities. And what we're really doing is we're really just trying to take all the junk of our life and throw it in that God-sized hole in our heart, and we're not filling it. And what you've got to do is you've got to let God fill it up. You've got to let God come in and show you how you got where you are and show you where he wants to take you and show you how he wants you to view those things. And oftentimes, just the right point of view about makes things way, way better than you could ever imagine. A right, right point of view of things oftentimes can totally change the way. It doesn't change what's happened. It doesn't change how things are going on around you. It may not even change anything. But the right perspective, the right understanding in your own heart and your own mind, when you have that right understanding, that right perspective, Oftentimes, to tell you the truth, it just totally makes everything different and new. And I would say to you that that's an important, that it's important that at some point in time, as you're in this process of being saved by, by God, by, by the finished work of Jesus Christ and being renewed by the Holy Spirit, that you can take a long view of life and look back on the things that maybe you failed in, maybe the things that you were passed on by your mother and your father. So, so many times we can't we can't really consider the things that we struggle with because we have such a bitter taste in our mouth because of because of the actions of a family member or many family members, and we just we don't even want to consider it. And we're so angry with them that we can't we just really or maybe even angry with ourselves. We we can't we can't let that go to the point where I can begin to actually heal. I hold on to it so hard. And really, that's the question for Joseph. 
because he's going to be mistreated by his brothers, but his brothers, the, his brothers have faith being divided by their dad, and that was passed down. That's a generational thing. He loved one more than the other. He played favorites, and then you remember that these are the children of the baby wars, the baby battles between four women who were trying to have children so that they could move up in the family hierarchy. They're just the. They're, this is the natural result of it. There's a lot of strife. There's a lot of envy. There's a lot of pain that comes from that. And what's happening here is just a natural a natural result of that junk of the past. Reuben understands, you know what? Last time we shed blood, that wasn't a good thing. And now we're going to shed the blood of our own. He says, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. What he's saying is, don't go down this road again. Because if we keep going down this road, there's no coming back from it. That he might deliver him out of the hand, out of their hands and bring him back to his father. He had a plan to put him in a pit and then go and get him out and take him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Notice it, they, that picture of taking his clothes off, which is a picture of sin. They stripped his clothes from him and the tunic of many colors that was on him, and they then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Notice, it seemed like God wasn't even there. Water's a picture of the cleansing and the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. And this pit, there was no water in it. It, it really has the symbol, symbology of hell, if you, want to tell the, if you want to understand the truth. And really, that's what they stripped him of his clothes, sin, he was cast into the pit, and there was no water in it. It's a picture of him being, him going from being clothed by his father and being, being placed in a high position to all the way down to the pit. It is really absolutely, Joseph is a picture of humanity and the picture of, of that whole loss of position that happened in the Garden of Eden and the struggle of mankind from that. And what is it a result of? It's a result of family sin. It's a result of generational issues that have happened. It's a result of envy. It's a result. Notice what the first murder that happened in scripture is based off of what? Envy. The first sin ever in the universe was based off of what? Is based off of pride and envy. And all these things, they just keep stirring up and coming up. As you study God's word, as you look at these stories and you look at these understandings, these guys are the players on the stage of life and the stage of the world, and they're just operating in all that bitterness, all that envy, all that struggle that has happened in their lives in the past, and they are lashing out. And what does it cause? It causes others, including themselves, to lose everything, to lose all their position, to lose all their authority, to lose all their strength. It is a unmasking and an unwinding of the goodness of God for their lives. And notice, they sat down to eat a meal. And in that, it, it is obvious to me that they know they've done something wrong. They know they've done something that they shouldn't have done. Have you ever done something, then you just sat down and you said, what have I done? What They sat down to eat a meal because what does a meal do? But it releases endorphins and makes you feel better. So many times people gain weight. Why? Because they're because they're depressed, 
because they've messed up, because they've struggled with something, and they just eat their way through life. Why? Because those endorphins that get released make them feel better, and they figure out something to be addicted to. And it might be something mild, or it might be something just horrible and terrible. But that addiction, that addiction and that pain is just right there. I know some of the hard drug users, really to tell you the truth, those drugs knock them out. They sleep most of the day, day long. And what is that? Just an escape from reality. It's an escape from the world we live in. And there's a lot of grace to be poured out to folks like that and to people who are in that situation. Because you know what? The truth is that we're all in that situation. And to some degree, that's who we are. And it is a deep abiding struggle for for every one of us. They sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites. Now, they're going to be able to, they're looking for, they're, they haven't killed him, and they're looking for a way because they've stripped him of his coat, and they've thrown him in the pit because they are envious, and they are hating, and they're sitting there going, what do we do? How, now we're in this, What? how do we handle this? And they saw the Ishmaelites, and remember, that's the children of Ishmael. Their cousins are coming down the road, and they're coming from Gilead with the with their camels, bearing spices and balm and myrrh, and they're on their way down to Egypt. And they see them coming, and they sit there and think, you know what, the only way for us to rid ourselves of our sin, rid ourselves of what's happened and hide what's going on, is we'll sell our brother into slavery into Egypt. And you know what, oftentimes we, when we get involved in sin, Remember, the sin of this world destroys other people and it destroys ourselves. And so many times people say, that's just a private sin. That's a personal sin. That personal choice doesn't affect anybody else. And that is not true. That That is absolutely not true. Every sin in your life affects not only you, but it affects the world you live in. It limits the power of God in your life. It limits the presence of God in your circumstances. And ultimately, down the road, it causes you to be in a position where you are not making a difference in the world you live in. And that does affect the world you live in. And you go, I don't have a duty or responsibility to effectuate those good things in other people's lives. I can do what I want to and feel good about it. And I can make myself feel good. And I don't have to do that for anybody else. And you sound just like, you just, you sound like, you just like Cain in the garden. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes. According to the New Testament, the second law of the Spirit is to love your neighbor as yourself and to love up and to love each other as I've loved you is the third commandment. And those commandments effectuate difference in other people's lives. And yeah, my my sin, my private sin effectuates everybody else and effectuates their lives. And who you not being who God made you to be in the kingdom makes huge differences. And it starts with the people that are closest to us and emanates out from that. And it makes a huge difference in the world that we live in. And so you do not have a sin that affects no one. Your sin affects everything. It sends ripples across the spiritual universe that we live in. And we live in a universe that, that's both physical and spiritual. And we live in a universe that, that has, has a past, a present, and a future. And we also have eternal life in the midst of that, which is a life beyond creation. And so when you act, your actions change the world you live in. Your actions change it for the good or the bad. You either bind or you loose. You either bless or you curse. And there's no way to get around that. And you can't cover it up by making yourself feel better. You can't cover it up by sending that pain off to someone else. You've got to deal with it directly and you got to sit down and figure out where it came from and figure out 
how God's grace is at work showing you those things. And by the way, you wouldn't even sit down and figure it out if God's grace wasn't already at work in your life. And when that, when you allow God's grace to release you from those things, God's grace to unbind you, notice what you're doing. You're not binding anymore, you're loosing. And you're loosing, what are you loosing? Well, you're loosing the kingdom of God around you. And, and these guys, they're just continually to dig their own holes of their own lives. So Judah said to his brother, what profit is there if we, our brother, and conceal his blood? Now, Judah is the one who's going to ultimately end up selling him into slavery into Egypt. And it's going to cost him down the road. He says, come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let, let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Yeah, he kept them from killing him, but he did sell him into slavery. And the, so many times in life, we choose the lesser of two evils. That's not a choice. Sometimes you have to make the strong choice of doing what is right. And sometimes that does cost you. But it doesn't cost you in the spiritual. Remember, a, a debt paid in the spiritual by doing what is right that costs me in the physical will reap great rewards in the future. He says, come let us sell him in the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh and his brothers listened. Then the Midianites traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Notice that that's the blood price. That's the price of the blood that they sold him for, their own blood. They sold it for 20 shekels of silver. Silver is the blood price, and it is it is that way from Genesis all the way to the book of the Revelation. And they took Joseph into Egypt. And notice, all this pain and all this suffering is ultimately going to bind Joseph up in Egypt. Now, God's going to work great things, great things for Joseph, and he's going to ultimately bless the whole family because of Joseph, but that does not alleviate the situation that all of them found themselves in. And sure, you can find some good out of this story. You can find some good for Reuben. You can find some good for jo Judah. You can look at this story and say they were trying to do good, but the truth is that if you're ever going to escape all the things that are your past and all the bindings that keep you from God's very best, you have to go to God and you have to loosen those things up and you loosen them up by God's truth and God's word, and you allow him to open your eyes and allow you to see life from the real perspective and uh, allow you to see that your choices are not a choice between the lesser of two evils. Your choice is actually a choice of life or death. And he says that. He says, I set before you this day blessings and cursings, life and death. And he says, choose this day whom you'll serve. He says that to Joshua, but the truth is he says it to every one of us. And he says, serve me and I will give you life. Serve me and I will bless you. Serve me and I will make you a kingdom that will never, ever end. And we have to choose that. And that is a conscious effort and choice. It is the salvation of our souls is what we're talking about. We're talking about how you choose God over what is your past and what has happened to you in the past. And so I'd say to you, choose him. And as you choose him, remember, that's that free will we're talking about. Salvation is about our free will. It's about us, us being changed in our heart and our mind. We freely choose to walk with God. That's the whole idea of Job and the devil right there. The devil said, God said to the devil, there's a man that's faithful in my whole house. And what does that mean? That means he'll choose me no matter what the situation. 
And he proved to be true because salvation is the choosing of God by our will. Once he's given us that new birth, placed that kingdom inside of us, given us the spirit of truth, we get to choose him. And I would say choose him today. Choose him in every way, in every situation. See the pain of the past as an opportunity for God to bless and make whole and make life out of it. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.